7 o'clock. Jam along with Cake today. Of course, Cake in this week for the Buckeye boy who's on his honeymoon slash 40th birthday trip to St. Martin's. Big night for the Nuggets and Avalanche last night. Yes. Some some history for the Avalanche last night. A couple of uh, his, historical moments. More Milestone, pro- probably more for Nathan McKinnon. History for Jerry Bednar last night. For sure. With his 266th franchise win, passing Michel Bergeron for the most wins in Quebec Nordique slash Avalanche history. Nikola Jokic made his return and announced his presence with Nuke Lelouch Authority last night. 15th triple-double. Oh, and he also hit the game-winning shot last night. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Michael Malone was back. I will say this. And I'm glad the Nuggets won. And I'm sure the Nuggets are glad that they won. However, they led by as much as 19 last night. And it took a Nikola Jokic game-winning shot to win. I know uh, Zion last night for New Orleans either. So, take the W. But, uh, you know, make sure that we kind of, you know, maybe do some things to, number one, not let go of double-digit leads, at least not to the point where it requires a last-second shot. And two, yeah, maybe just maybe. I mean, they need to get a little. Having Nicola back and having Coach Malone back is, I think, crucial. Now that they're back and healthy or healthier, it's going to help. No MPJ last night wasn't health. It's because of. Right situation with his brother right now and i think once they get once they get the entire unit back we've seen how good they can be and we saw how good they were even without nikola Jokic for those couple of games there what uh well they won what went two during the time he was out i don't think it was two of three yeah they went three they went three and one with malone out with david edelman or David Adelman. I was going to say Adelman. David Adelman. It was Rick Adelman, not Adelman. David Adelman. There you go. Rick Adelman's son. That was in the big chair. Guiding the Nuggets. So, I mean, that was... So, they're out there without their coach. Without their best player. Their back-to-back MVP for a couple of games. And Denver finds a way to kind of... Ride the storm out, and look, it's a, it's an 82-game season. You're going to have nights where yeah. you're not great, and you get the win. You know, Avalanche last night, Jared Bednar was like, yeah, we didn't play great last night, but good enough to get their sixth straight win as they continue to climb the standings in the Central Division and, of course, in the, the Western Conference as well. So we got a busy show today. It is a Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine, your chance to get uh, – some gripes, some frustration, agitation off your chest today from the world of sports, from not the world of sports, from just your daily life. You can text or call us today on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Busy, busy show today. We'll have uh, the Fruit of Monument uh, Hall of Fame. They have uh, their inductions coming up February 7th, and uh, we'll talk with Dean Hall, state championship wrestler, They'll be uh, inducted into the class this year for 2023. A guy that I played high school football with. Nice. And even wrestled against. We weren't in the same weight class in junior high. We were close. Right. And the one year that I did wrestling in junior high, Dean and I were the only ones got kind of close to each other. So we ended up wrestling each other. Yeah, you he wanted, to, he wanted to be a D2 national champion, and I wrestled one year. And there we go. <laughs> that was it. Two, two, uh, two paths diverging in the woods yeah. and... And he took the one. His, his, his career was wrestling. Mine was doing this. <laughs> there you go. And I played, played basketball, too. But that was that was back in junior high. When you could kind of do both, you had the seasons didn't overlap. And so you could you could wrestle and you could also play basketball. So, right. Uh, but uh, anyway, congratulations to Dean. Well-deserved. And uh, we'll talk with him coming up at 740 this morning. We'll have some of those folks over the next several days. Uh, Brian Rush, multi-time state champion at Fruta. Will join us on Friday along with uh, Sonny Russell, Sonny Shaver now, 
who went on to compete uh, in track at CSU, state uh, track champion, so nice. uh, track and field champion. So she'll join us on Friday as well. So uh, And her husband, Shaver, probably someday, probably a Wildcat Hall of Famer. Great baseball career at Fruita Monument. Got drafted by Seattle. Wow. Played at Baylor during his collegiate career. So uh, now a Mesa County Sheriff's deputy, Shaver Hansen. Nice. Daddy, professional wrestling Hall of Famer. Wow. Stan Hansen. So we had Stan on the program years ago when he went into the Hall of Fame. So uh, anyway, but uh, Sonny Russell Hansen will be joining us on Friday as well, along with Brian Rush. So got a lot to get to today. It's one about a Wednesday. So you have something you need to get off your chest today? Um, No, thankfully. I mean. No? Well, look, I am the person, and you know this, right. I can and have and will complain about just about everything because i am the crankiest 20 something that there is as at least in this building but in 2023 i'm trying to be more positive i'm trying to be more mindful trying to be more open-minded more but today's not that day though i come on all right fall back Fall back into those bad habits just for <laughs> just for the next three hours. Come on, just okay. There, there is there is one gripe. Okay, and it's a stupid gripe, and it has to do with how the the uh, the bird app Twitter has started to form, has started to do it, its content curation. And it's trying to do things that are, it it just doesn't work. So it's trying to now split content into people you follow and then this like for you, this like suggested like stuff that it thinks you'll like. Okay, got it. Because see, I don't I don't dive into Twitter as much as you or Buckeye do. Well, and I have a Twitter feed, but I don't. I mean, I, the idea is that the machine wants to think it knows you better than you know you. Okay. Is basically, you know, it's it's the Kent Brockman, I for one, welcome our AI overlords. But what happens very often, at least for someone like me, and I can't speak for all Twitter users, but basically what happens is the, these are the people I'm following section and the, this is what the machine thinks I'm going to like for you section which is a direct ripoff of tiktok it ends up being the same people <laughs> it ends up being the same exact like almost to a t the same accounts just this one tweet was from like yesterday and this one was from today it's so stupid it is the most pointless dumb feature that this application could have come up with that they think, oh, well, we're going to create machine learning and it's going to make it better and you, it's going to know. Just, just show me who I care about. I don't give one iota about this person that you follow also follows this and then they said this. and that. I, there's a reason I only follow the people that I follow. I want to see what they have to say. Don't care about anybody else. Do not care about anybody else. I don't want the machine thinking that it knows me better than I know me. Because that's when we get into Skynet and, you know, Terminators. That's 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 the first domino to fall. I'm sorry, Tyler. Hal. <laughs> 2000 here, by the way. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Tyler. You're screwed. Yeah, well. No, it's, come on. Yeah, why? I'll follow who I want to follow, and that's it. I My gripe today is about the eight morons that didn't turn in ballots for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Those are, those are votes that Guys. possibly could have been for Todd Helton, by the way. He only missed it by 11. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, sorry. Todd Helton didn't get in yesterday. Scott Rowland did. And not by a lot. 
Okay, if you don't want to vote for Alex Rodriguez, okay, then don't vote for Alex Rodriguez. But there were twenty-seven or twenty-six other guys in the ballot that you that, that, could have voted for. Do you not think any of them were worthy? Not Todd Helton, not Scott Rowland. I mean, because there were eight ballots that came back blank. Eight so, of okay, because that was going to be my next question: was did they fill them out and not turn them in? Or did they just leave them blank and then turn them in blank? Because that second one there is almost like a well the, bleep the, you. The feeling is is that's that was it. That was a was a bleep you. It wasn't. Oh, I, I forgot. It was today's the day. Because that would be me if I ever were so if, fortunate. If you're voting for the baseball Hall of Fame, the privilege to get to do that. Uh. How do you go, I forgot. How do you do that? No, these guys, this was intentional. This was, we don't like any of the candidates. We're not going to vote for them. Right. And I think there's something to be said about Halls of Fame getting it wrong, right? The Pro Football Hall of Fame is the one that I fall back to because that's the one I know more about. There are plenty of names that are currently in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I think baseball fans can probably find examples of this too, where you go, okay, they were good. Hall of Fame? Mm. Yeah. You know, th- 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 that's going to be the eternal debate. There's always going to be guys, as we like to say on the program, they're in the Hall of the Very Good. The Hall of the Very Good. And, and, that- that, and, and But now the lines have blurred a little bit between the Hall of the Very Good and the Hall of Fame. And then you can also completely reverse that and say there are guys right now that are not in the Hall of Fame of whatever sport of your choosing. Right. That should be, that haven't been because of something. Some technical minutia, some silly, ridiculous, like, like TD. When it took so long for Terrell Davis to get into the Hall of Fame, because all that people were focused on was, well, he didn't play too long. Okay, but he, when he was playing, he was the best running back in professional football. Well, we had Paul yesterday who who retracted his statement after hearing the resume. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. That the career may not have been lengthy. It wasn't. It's what, roughly five years. Right. But what he did during that period of time, there, there are guys that play 10 years, play 12 years, that, that don't accomplish what Terrell Davis did. No. 2,000-yard rusher, league MVP, Super Bowl MVP, won two Super Bowls, all the playoff records, playoff record for touch, rushing touchdowns. That still all, stands today, yeah, by the all, way. All these numbers that he accumulated in that very brief window in his career. Yeah, and and so you can have guys that are, ag, you know, guys that that are accumulators that they play forever, and they're in their their nineteenth, twentieth year, and they finally get their three thousandth hit in baseball. Does that make them a Hall of Famer? Because three thousand hits forever has been kind of the the benchmark of hey, you get three thousand hits, you're probably a Hall of Famer. But if you if it takes you twenty years to do it, while well, while well, still, I should I, you know, throw rocks at anybody, right? I'd be lucky to get one Major League Baseball hit. Right. A little broken bat blooper. I'd be thrilled. I'd be That's... thrilled to make contact against a Major League guy. <laughs> and, but when you look at, you know, the, the grand scheme of things, if it takes you 20 years to get there, if you haven't won like five or, you know, like four or five World Series or been to four or five World Series, been an MVP at least once or twice, you're probably going to look at that career going, yeah, that was nice, but. Man, it took him 20 years to get there. They were having this conversation on the DA show when I was driving in this morning about how Scott Rowland gets in. And DA was saying, well, it's because the analytics and the media is savvy about stats. And that's why why Scott Rowland gets in. And, and you know, we had to wipe away the steroid players so we can't have them in the hall. It's like, okay, I see the point. It's a valid point. But also... That doesn't 
explain why Todd Helton didn't get into the Hall of Fame because, as far as we know, he was never caught up in. There was the brief, very brief allegation from Wayne Hagen, who was the original Rockies radio guys, who went on to work in St. Louis, and I think his career kind of went in the toilet. And he made accusations that Helton was use was using something, right? And he was n- never very specific about it, and those kind of things. And so, I mean that that was that nothing was ever proven. No, it was just Wayne Hagen making some accusations that he had no nothing to back it up. And so you go, okay, not you know. So as far as we're concerned, outside of the one Lane Hagen accusation, that's, that's we it. never really. We never really, Todd Helton never really was proven to have. Not like A-Rod. <laughs> and see, that's just it. Not A-Rod, like A-Rod. Uh, there was some accusations against Manny Ramirez. There, yeah, well, absolutely. You know, okay, so if we're wiping away, so to speak, as, as DA said, wiping away the steroid era players, your Barry Bonds, your Alex Rodriguez's of the world, Wiping them off the ballot. And then, okay, you're also getting into the analytics and you're getting into the defensive metrics. You're getting into these numbers that maybe 30 years ago, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, isn't really considered or isn't as big a consideration numbers-wise in terms of getting a guy into the Hall of Fame. If that's the case, Scott Rowland and Todd Helton, I think, are going into the Hall of Fame this year. Well, I mean, you look at it. I mean, the guys that, of course, A-Rod, Ramirez had the specter that Andy Pettit. You also had uh, Gary Sheffield at one point in his career. There were some allegations that he took PEDs. Mm. There are a lot of other guys you could vote for <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that, are on, that are on that list. And, and mm-hmm. Todd Elton was one of them. We'll talk more about it later on. But uh, if you got some reaction to that. It is a one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. You can text or call us your complaints, gripes, concerns today at 970-242-1340. I'm just, it just frustrates me that eight, eight people decided not to vote. At all. At all. Good news, though, since 1946, this is from the Denver Post, eight different MLB players appeared uh, appeared on 72 to 70.72.9% uh, of the ballots of the Hall of Fame, all eight got votes the next year to get in. So it bodes well. He's hit that magic number of at least 72, not the magic magic number, but right. the doorstep magic number that history has shown that good likelihood Todd Helton will get in in 2024. All right, John Sedanich, Central Boys Basketball coach, is going to join us. Uh, they got the win against Grand Junction last night. We'll have that coming up in just a couple of minutes. But uh, right now it's time for... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology partner. We help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. Need a new business phone system, which we have one here at the radio station from ComWest. It's amazing. They can take care of that need. Cybersecurity, also surveillance, network support. Give them a call today. Make your business more efficient by calling ComWest, 970-242-8142. All right, start things out with the sad news. The Todd father will have to wait another year. Former Colorado Rockies first baseman Todd Helton came up short in his bid to become the second Rocky in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Helton received 72.2% of the votes from the Baseball Writers of America. He needed to reach 75% to secure induction. Only one candidate made the cut, and that was former eight-time Gold Glove third baseman Scott Rowland. He picked up 76.3% of the votes to be the only player of the 27 candidates to be voted into the Hall of Fame. The chances for Helton, though, are looking good for 2024 as he enters his sixth year of eligibility. As superstar Nathan McKinnon, can you give me some music here? I uh, can. Reached a career milestone and also helped coach Jared Bednar reach one as well. In Colorado's 3-2 home win over Washington last night, McKinnon picked up his 700th career point as Bednar won his 266th game as the Avs head coach, surpassing former Quebec coach Michelle Bergeron becoming the winningest coach in franchise history. Avs goalie Alexander Georgiev turned back 37 shots to lead Colorado 
to their sixth straight win. Nuggets star Nikola Jokic is back in the lineup, and he was a difference in Denver's 99-98 win at New Orleans Tuesday night. Jokic missed the last two games with a hamstring injury, but made his return with his 15th triple-double of the season. Jokic scored 25 points, pulled down 11 rebounds, and added 10 assists, along with hitting the go-ahead jumper with 16 seconds left. Nuggets coach Michael Malone is back on the bench after missing the last four games when he was on the league's health and safety protocol list. Denver plays in Milwaukee tonight with pregame at 5.30 on the Team Sports Network. Both Cutler and Mesa basketball teams lost to Westminster last night. The Maverick women fell to the Griffins 63-53. Olivia Reed led the way for CMU with 15 points. Assistant coach Anna Pollard says that coming back to Brownson to face Western Colorado on Saturday will be a tough game and a 40-minute battle. I, they always play us tough. They're a good defensive team. Um, they're just a hard-nosed program. And so we got to be ready to battle. It's always a battle with Western at home and on the road. Um, so we just... We have to bring our game and be ready to battle for 40 minutes. Colorado Mesa men's basketball team had their 10-game winning streak snapped last night as the 23rd-ranked Mavericks lost at Westminster 70-63. Blaze 3 led the Mavs with 24 points. Reese Johnson added 17. Assistant coach Kyle Boucher says the Mavericks will be able to learn some lessons from the loss and looking forward to coming back to Brownson as Armac play continues. We're going to make it about, okay, what learning lessons can we take from this loss? And how can we transfer that to the game on Saturday? And let me tell you, our boys will be thrilled and excited to get in front of that Bronson Arena crowd. We miss our home fans, and uh, they're back in when we play on Saturday. Both Maverick basketball teams home Saturday against Western Colorado University. Women's pregame at 5.15. They'll tip it at 5.30 minutes, 7.30 Saturday on the Team Sports Network. And four Colorado Mesa athletes will be honored this spring by the sportswoman of Colorado, Mavs National Championship swimmer Lily Borgenheimer, wrestler Marissa Gallegos, former softball player Paige Adair, and triathlete Shannon Farron receive awards for their sports at the organizational's annual spring banquet. And that's a look at... What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest. Make sure you give ComWest a call today if you're having computer issues or you need a new business phone system, 970-242-8142. Central boys basketball coach John Sedanich joins us next. It's a Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Central Boys basketball with Coach John Sedanich on the team. All right, last night, Central Boys basketball team picked up their 11th win of the season, knocking out their Valley rival, the Grand Junction Tigers, 62-38. And our conversation with John Sedanich, Warriors Central Boys basketball coach, is brought to you by our good friend, Rick Nelson at American Family Insurance. Get your free comparison call today from American Family Insurance. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. John Sedanis joins us. Good morning, John. Morning, Jim. How are you? Doing fine. Congratulations on the win last night over Grand Junction. Now 11-4 and in the season for your Warriors boys basketball team. Unfortunately, don't have any numbers outside of the score from last night. Uh, check it out, uh, Max Preps this morning. Give us a little rundown of what happened last night uh, in that uh, crosstown rivalry battle with the Tigers. Jim, I was tired last night. It's okay, you know, John. I'll get you. all that stuff in for you. Well, if you can um, just give it to me this morning, that'd be great. I'll, I'll <laughs> t- I understand you had a busy night last night. If you can just give us a little rundown this morning, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Yeah, Christian Miller with. Uh, 6, 8, 10, 12. Uh, Andrew Serrano with 5, 7, 9, 11. Uh, Cam Redding, 2, 4, 6, 8. Uh, Jackson Amos had a couple of big threes in the, coming off the bench in the first quarter to get us going. I like this a little bit um, of live, like live stats on, on the program. <laughs> yeah, I opened my, opened my book here so I remember what <laughs> happened last night. Yeah. Um, Carson Kidd, uh, Braylon was in foul trouble early. Um, and Carson came off the bench, played really well. He had four. Uh, Santana had seven. Uh, played. Uh, he and Braylon played incredible defense on the on the bigs and for Junction and our guards really did a great job pressuring the ball and um, keeping the ball out of the post. And uh, Braylon ended up fouling out, but he ended up with uh, eleven on the night. You've now won four in a row. I mean, it's been a good stretch. You you win against Glenwood. You uh, play your second league game. You go to Durango, get a win there, 
And then you get the win against uh, Montezuma Cortez. I believe Santana Martinez had 15 in that game for you. This has been a nice stretch for your, your boys' basketball team. A couple of league wins mixed in there in this four-game winning streak. Yeah, just, you know, we're getting into that, you know, the, the main stretch here with about three and a half weeks left, and you want to be playing your best basketball, and um, our boys are really trusting each other and um, trusting their coaches, and, and it's showing. I the You know, it's been a long time since, I think the last time Cortez was in our league was 2015-16, and I was talking with uh, Steve Phillips, and I think since 1990, the last time Central Boys basketball went down and swept Durango Cortez, I think it's only happened like three times. So it was, um, I know it's kind of different times, but um, it, was a, it was a cool weekend and, you know, quick turnaround. You get really don't have, you know, Junction was down playing Durango Saturday, so neither of us had a whole lot of time to prepare for each other. So just one practice and back at it. So... Yeah, I'm just happy with how the boys are competing right now. Yeah, so just the third time since 1990 that that's happened? Yeah. You're I, to Durango and, and it, Cortez? Yeah, since Central Boys won the state championship, it was, I think, 1994, um, and then 2000, and then and then we stopped playing them both in 15, right. 16. Uh, but then this would this would have been the third time. Then, so. And that's always the challenge. You know that from your your, your playing days. You know, coaching the, the first time around. I mean, going down there, getting the sweep. That's tough. And then he said, you you have to come back home yeah. Tuesday night. You you get Grand Junction. That they've they've had a little bit of an up and down season so far. But you know, a, a tough team. Will Applegate, their, their sophomore post has played really well for them this year. Cam Ochoa has been really good from the perimeter. And and you knew last night was going to be a a real test during this uh, this current stretch. Yeah, and you know, jun- you know, Junction's big, and, and the you know the teams, the teams with a lot of size, uh, tend to give us problems, and um, so yeah, I was just uh, just really happy with the way we pressured the ball last night, and um, you know, kind of took took Junction's strength away from them. Central boys basketball coach John Sedanich with us. Uh, Central now eleven and four overall, two and one in the Southwestern League after the win over Grand Junction last night, sixty-two to thirty-eight. And you got to be really happy with the way your team has been playing defensively. You, know, you give up the, the thirty-seven, you hold them under forty against Glenwood, Durango. You hold them, you know, obviously under forty with thirty-one points. Cortez kind of got theirs a little bit by by getting over forty points with forty-seven, but. You hold the Tigers to 38 last night. That's always a good benchmark, isn't it, John, when you can hold a team under 40? Yeah. I, I The Cortez one's a little skewed. The 25 free throws they shot may have had a little something, <laughs> something to do with that. To do. Are you saying yeah, that they got the line a lot down the four corners area, John, that they got the line yeah, a lot in the game? I know that's surprising, but, yeah. Um, but, no, our you know, our kids, you know, last year the the – November, December. I don't. We didn't really have an identity uh, defensively, and when we got back in January, we just, you know, I kind of went back to my roots with, you know, what Coach Phillips and Coach Ganyu always taught me, and we just went back to being a tough man-to-man and uh, team, and you know, kind of ever since then, and picking back up this year, the kids have really bought into that, and and they really enjoy that into the floor. Warriors basketball coach John Sedanich with us on the team today. And you have Palisade coming up. Uh, you go out to their place, rematch of last year's state tournament when you take on the Bulldogs. Yeah, who made this schedule anyway? <laughs> um, I don't <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in the middle of a, a yeah, just a, a tough stretch. I mean, you know, it's going to be another, you know, after last night, we're not going to get to, you know, probably just, watch a little film and and maybe just shoot some free throws today not you know not a whole lot you can do after a a tough a tough win last night and um just i know Corey's had you know four practices to prepare for us so i'm sure he'll have something in store for us so um just gonna have to go out and and you know be able to make adjustments as we go and uh looking looking forward to another great atmosphere the atmosphere at junction last night was incredible as always and with Palisade, Luke Faye's got off to a great start for them this season. They're their leading scorer and leading rebounder. 
yeah luke's uh he's a you know been a great addition for them he's a um great player and uh you know he can score and all those kids um you know you know Corey has really instilled that toughness in those kids and i know they're going to get up and get after us and uh, so yeah we got to turn around and be ready to go and then you got eagle valley at home on saturday and then it's uh, an interesting <laughs> stretch get you back in you know back into the the fire frying pan into the fire with with montrose at home and then uh, you'll have fruit of monument at home as well you know, right now the you know Wildcats get the win on on your know, last night against uh, Montrose on their home floor. This will be a, an interesting, challenging stretch for your team coming up next week. Yeah, just uh, you know, um, be looking for after we play Montrose to maybe actually have a couple days of, of practice. But yeah, I mean, uh, we've gone Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then the Saturday games at eleven thirty in the morning. So that's going to be really interesting and. And then, you know, Montrose Tuesday and and finally, you know, get a little stretch of home games. Um, I know our girls haven't even played at home yet, so I know Coach Doan's <laughs> looking forward to uh, looking forward to that. So um yeah, just I, I don't know. Just you know, the longer I do this, Jim, just really in, just enjoying it and um and the you know, kids are uh, kids are having fun. I think that's the most important part. And your team's playing well right now, John. Hey, congratulations on the win last night. I appreciate you jumping on with us this morning and providing the live stats from last night's game, too. Yeah, I think, yeah, I no problem. That. that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, have a great rest of your day. Take care. All right, thanks, Jim. See you, bye. All right, John Sedanich. We'll have, uh, of course, the game with, with Montrose Tuesday coming up, part of our uh, uh, full-court coverage uh, right here on the Team Sports Network. All right, 7.33. Jim along with Cake today. Got some thoughts about uh, Todd Helton not getting in. It is a one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine, so text or call us, 970-242-1340. So last night, uh, good night for the Avalanche and the Nuggets. We'll start with the Avs last night, who uh, get the victory at home against the Washington Capitals last night, 3-2. to two. Thank you. You're welcome. Nathan McKinnon, career milestone last night, his 700th career point. Jared Bednar picks up his 266th win as the head coach of the Avalanche, surpassing former Quebec coach Michel Bergeron in becoming the franchise's winningest coach after the game last night. Coach Bednar, some thoughts on now being the franchise win record holder, which he doesn't put a ton of stock into. No. And also uh, on the win last night over the Capitals. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad it's here and gone so we can stop talking about it, really, to be honest with you. Um Listen, I'm just happy. I'm happy we were able. We didn't play our best game tonight. I'm happy that we were able to get the two points um, to put us, you know, up the standings again. You know, that's our focus. I, and tonight, I think the the main reason we got that was because Gorgie was excellent in goal. He was our best player for sure. Um, you know, we scored a couple timely goals, but we didn't. We just didn't look sharp. We didn't look. Like it wasn't lack of focus, but it looked like we lacked energy, you know. So sometimes you you try to do too much. I didn't. I just didn't think like we had the jump and energy we needed. I didn't think that we, you know, that led to a bunch of mental mistakes on with the puck and without the puck. We read the coverage, we do the job, and then we didn't finish the job. So, but I'll t- we'll take the win and address our concerns before the Anaheim game because it was a little bit ugly at times, but we were able to get the job done. And like I said, as far as the record goes, I'm glad it's over and done with. Where is that? Yeah, think of your Jared Bednar. I mean, it's the kind of guy that's like, nah, yeah, it's yeah, cool, it's but, nice, uh... but it's not not something I spent a lot of time dwelling on. Right. Uh, Arturi Lekkinen last night, uh, he continues to be have a, a really strong season, have second-leading score. Uh, Arturi Lekkinen, Andrew Cagliano, Alex Newhook scored the goals for Colorado last night. McKinnon, by the way, became the first player of the 2013 NHL draft to reach 700 points. Nobody else from that class even has 600. Think about that. Yeah. About the greatness of one Nathan McKinnon. So we move from... The ice to the hardwood for the Nuggets last night. We got to come up with a Nuggets song at some point. Got the Avs song. We do. Got to have some Nuggets victory song. Uh, Nuggets last night with Nikola Jokic back in the fold, and he was the difference in Denver's ninety to ninety nine to ninety eight one in New Orleans last night. 
missed the last two games with a hamstring injury, but picked up his 15th triple-double of the season. He scored 25 points, pulled down 11 rebounds, and added 10 assists. He also hit the go-ahead jumper with 16 seconds left last night as the Nuggets get the victory on the road uh, over the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans last night uh, didn't have Zion. Zion Williamson uh, out of the lineup last night for the Nuggets. And uh, Jamal Murray last night uh, continues to play really well. He had 25.7 assists last night. Uh, Also, Brandon Ingram didn't play last night. A couple of big uh, subtractions last night for uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Nuggets also without Michael Porter Jr. because of the incident with his brother. Bones Highland has a sprained finger. But... um, the Nuggets able to get it done last night. Also, the return of Michael Malone to the bench. A little post-Malone for you as Coach Malone missed the last four games after being on the league's health and safety protocol list. Here's Michael Malone on being back and the Nuggets winning last night. Oh, it was great. Yeah, you know, you miss the the camaraderie as we talked about pregame, but you also miss the... You know, the, the ebbs and flows of a game, the emotions of a game, um, and, and finding ways to try to help your team close out a game that was a lot closer than it should have been. Um, so uncharacteristic turnovers in that fourth quarter. I think for the game, only at 12, fourth quarter, we had five for eight. And um, you know, usually Nicola and Jamal are always on the same page. And it seemed like we were just off a little bit tonight. Um, their offensive rebounding was a concern, but in the second half, obviously, much better job. Only gave up four old boards. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great to be back, and most importantly, it's great just for this team to get another win and to start this road trip off um, uh, on a positive note. All right, there's Mike Malone. Nuggets at Milwaukee tonight, by the way. We'll talk with Katie Wingy from Altitude coming up at 9 20 this morning. We'll have that game tonight on the team with pregame at 5 30. All right, 7.38, and uh, this just in, AP announcing the finalists for the 2022 NFL MVP award. Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes are finalists for that award. Also, Bills quarterback Jai Shallon, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, finalists uh, for uh, the MVP as well. Ooh. And so your finalists for Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, and Micah Parsons. And then uh, Rookie of the Year, the Offensive Rookie of the Year, no surprise, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker III and Jets receiver Garrett Wilson are your uh, uh, candidates for that. And uh, AP Coach of the Year, you want to take a guess who the three finalists are? Brian Dable. Ding, ding. Uh, Two more. Um, It ain't Nathaniel Hackett, that's that's for sure. (laughs) No, no. Oh, boy. Team play last weekend. Incredible turnaround this season. Oh, um, uh, what's this? Denver should have interviewed him. I, I, I see the face. Last year they should have interviewed him. I can. It's he was the Eagles head coach. Correct. They won, the they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I can't. Doug Peterson. Thank you. Literally in my head, something in my head <laughs> said Ben McAdoo. I'm no, Ben, ben McAdoo. No. You moron. Uh, last guy ties to the Broncos coaching this weekend. Uh, 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 it's not Ben McAdoo. It's not Ben McAdoo. <laughs> or Bob it's, McAdoo. Or, or any... yeah. Um, Kyle Shanahan? Oh, oh, that makes sense. That's okay. It's, yeah. I was going to. You were here last night doing gonna, some stuff. It's I okay. I was going to get there eventually. That's okay. <laughs> so I'm here to help. I'm here to help. I think, though. Brian Dable's probably, I won't, I'm not going to say shoe-in, but I think he's your favorite. Boy, it's, yeah, it's going to be tough because Shanahan's got his team in the NFC Championship game again. Right. Incredible season for Brian Dable and the Giants. Incredible season for Doug Peterson and the Jags. It's uh, it's going to be a tough one. Got some thoughts on that today, File Send it to us today. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line 970-242-1340. It's time for sound check. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. So I think uh, of the many, many moments that will define this NFL season, none, in my humble opinion, will come close to the number of times that a team's greatest triumph or poorest failure was almost always followed up by those stupidly annoying, yet also catchy, Burger King jingle commercials. 
And now we have reached peak internet. TikTok user Diamond Bricks has created an unholy mess, combining the jingles from those BK commercials and fusing it together with Daft Punk. Whopper, 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 Junior, Double, Triple, Whopper, Flame Grill, Taste with Perfect Toppers, I rule, I rule, I rule this day. Lettuce, mayo, pickle, ketchup, it's so gay. If I don't want that, it's also full of bacon. Whopper, any Whopper, my way, Whopper, my way. Whopper, 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 Junior, Double, Triple, Whopper, Flame Grill, Taste with Perfect Toppers, I rule, I rule this, this day. So there I, you go. I, I kind of like it, actually. I do, too. I'll That's honest, the worst part. I kind of like it. It's, you know, it's just silly enough where you go, okay, that's that's funny. Yeah, I I, I kind of like it. <laughs> God, those commercials. And they always pop up at the worst time, right? It's like, you know, if you, if you root for a team and your team is just lost, like the Cowboys, Cowboys lose in embarrassing fashion. Zeke Elliott is at center for some reason, snapping the ball to Prescott, and the route to the receiver gets immediately stuffed. And then, and the 49ers win, and the Cowboys lose. Commercial break. Whopper, whopper, whopper. It's like. Takes me back. Slap, 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 chop, 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 Say, come on. I forgot about the slap chop. Slap chop. Didn't that guy go to prison for something? think so. Because he was the ShamWow guy too, right? Yeah, then there was old DJ Steve Porter, who was like on the ESPN payroll for a little while doing stuff for them. Huh. Yeah. That was of the slap chop back in the day. All right, 744. And coming up next, uh, he'll be going into the uh, Fruto Monument Wildcat uh, Hall of Fame, February 7th. Uh, former Wildcat State champion Dean Hall will join us next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Stay by the radio. You are listening to the Jim Davis Show on the Team 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Talking Fruto Monument Wildcat Sports on the Jim Davis Show. And our conversation with Dean Hall brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. He's already in the Fruit of Monument Athletic Hall of Fame as a member of the 1982 Wildcat State uh, Championship Wrestling Team. He'll go in as an individual on February 7th. Former uh, Fruit of Monument State Wrestling Champion Dean Hall. Dean, good morning. How you doing? Great. How you doing, Jim? Doing fine. Second time for you. You go in as a member of that 82 team. And now you go in as an individual. Uh, that's that's pretty cool stuff. That's uh, rarefied air. You get a chance to go into a Hall of Fame twice. Uh, this time, though, acknowledging what you did, you know, also as a national champion in 1986 at the at the heavyweight classification, three time you know, All American at uh, you know when you wrestled at Edinburgh University in Pennsylvania. This is uh, has to be an exciting moment coming up on February 7th for you. It is. It's quite humbling, though, Jim. To the people that think this of me and that would actually do this. And um, it's quite humbling and quite an honor that um, people would think this much of what I did and um, make that I'm worthy for this. I know that uh, Jim Stockert, uh, who was your coach back then, was on the ballot this year. And unfortunately, Jim uh, did not get in. Jim uh, passed away a few years ago. But uh, kind of take me through the impact that Jim Stockert had on you, Dean, as a wrestler, and those that had an impact on you, and you know, certainly your, your dad, Doug, had a had a big influence on on your wrestling career and athletic career as well. But those that had a big impact on you, getting to be a high school state champion, but also a college champion as well. I had wonderful coaches all the way through, like you said, starting with my dad. Um, and as a son, you don't always listen to what your dad has to say. So when somebody else might say the same thing, like Coach Bridgewater or Coach Holscher or Coach Trump, then uh, they say the same thing your dad's been saying for years, and then all of a sudden it makes more sense the way they, they said it, or maybe I'm more willing to listen to them or something like that. But dad was always a great support and a great coach and to many, including yourself and many of us in the 
uh, state championship team. And um, then Coach Stockard and Coach Coles, Coach Hoisington, Dick Hoisington was in there wrestling with me every day, Coach Marty, uh, all those guys. Then all the way up through college with Coach Chesbro uh, at Oklahoma State and then Bruce Baumgartner, Mike Deanna at Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania. And, um, they're the ones that it was my firm conviction that great coaches can take good wrestlers and make them great wrestlers or good athletes and make them great athletes. And I think the coaches I had along the way helped me to achieve a lot of things that I did and also provided me with the motivation to do the things that people, other people were unwilling to do at the time to accomplish what we did. You know, going to the Fertile Monument Wildcat Athletic Hall of Fame, Dean Hall joins us today. And should mention, too, I mean, you, you competed at the international level as well and, and did quite well uh, in, in competing at, you know, against some of the world's best wrestlers back when you were in college and in high school. Yeah, I remember actually seeing that uh, Russian heavyweight when we were college springs the world championships down there. We were uh, 28, 19, 20 years old at the time, and he was a specimen at that time, and he went on to win quite a few gold medals in the Olympics and the world championships, but... Um, and I met a lot of good friends along the way that way, too, um, around the country. And we actually met back up in college, different colleges, wrestling against each other and with each other. And uh, I have the great coaches there, too. I mean, Coach Tesnick and Strobel and different coaches we had along the way there really was a, a great experience and allowed me to see the world, uh, literally. And most of the places I've gone throughout the United States, the world, are mostly because of wrestling. And uh, I actually now want to take my family back to see some of these places I was able to see as an athlete. And uh, But we had a lot of fun traveling around, doing different things like that, and meeting new people and competing against different people around the world. When did you know that you had fallen in love with wrestling? When you well, were a kid. When, when you said, okay, this is, this is what I want to do, and this is what I think I can be really good at doing. Well, you may not believe this, and Coach Squibb would never believe this either, but as a fifth, sixth grader, I was, wasn't sure if I was going to play basketball or wrestle. And uh, the more, I guess, probably the more I played basketball, the more I realized I was going to be a better wrestler than I would be a basketball player. Um, but, and then to do it in college, I figured at that point I could determine my destination myself rather than being as a choice to play football also in college and that I couldn't determine my destination in football where I could with wrestling. And uh, so it, it all, all fell on my shoulders with wrestling, where football being a team sport, as it is, and I do understand it more now than I did then, that everybody does their job, the team does great. When now in high school, we think we're better than we really are. and um, So, therefore, um, we don't buy the team concept as much as we probably should have in high school, whereas in college now you see the different teams around the country doing well with a team concept, and you realize that the team, being a great team member, is just as important as being a great individual in what you do. High school record of 78 and 2, 70 pins, uh, 1982 uh, state wrestling champion, 185 pounds. Uh, you were state runner up in, in 81 and 83, and so, and also a two time world schoolboy wrestling champion. And you referenced the time on the football field and when we were teammates together, uh, the 3A football lineman of the year, 1983, all Southwestern League lineman, 82, 83 as well. And so uh, it wasn't just uh, on the mats, it was also in the gridiron where you had a tremendous amount of success. Let's talk about what you do now, because in the last few years, you've you've been a, a wrestling official, giving back to the sport. I know that you're not doing that. Are, are you still are you still being a wrestling official, Dean, or is that something that other things have kind of taken over your your time for that? With, with the coaching, it really hasn't a lot of time for the, right uh, repping. And I do rep volleyball in the fall, and I was wrestling repping football until Mitch Copeland took my knees out and gave me new ones and said I can't run. And I'm not really sure much what I did in the football field was running, but he said I couldn't do it. So, therefore, I just ref volleyball at this point. And, and you're now at the Furta 8-9 school. You're a special education teacher there. Uh, what, what led you into working with that, that special group of students? Well, I taught driver's ed for 25 years in New Hampshire when we lived out there. And then I came back here, and my intention was not to teach, but somehow I got drawn into teaching. Dan Bollinger asked me to. Uh, work with a student he had at Powell State High School at the time, 
and it seemed that I seemed to click with him, seemed to do a good job, and therefore I didn't probably did not um, recognize my license as a teacher, means it was in driver's ed, so I had to go back to school and get my license, and I was able to get a job in special ed and do that. And, um, I think I do pretty well with these kids, probably because I probably connect well with them because I'm probably more along their lines than I am for the IB kids or the upper-level kids. Um, I struggle all through school. I had to work real hard to make things happen in the classroom. But I, I think I connect with a lot of these kids, and I hopefully I can help bring it to a level to well, make them better. And I actually coach in the classroom. I think coaches bring the best out of kids and best out of their athletes, and I try to be a good coach to my students and to my athletes. Well, it takes a special person to, to do the work that you do with special needs students. And so I know that uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for, for what you do working uh, with that uh, segment of a, of a student uh, population. So, uh, you know, it's a bit, you've been doing that for a long time and doing a great job uh, working with those uh, very special students. Hey, Dean, I, I appreciate the time this morning. I'm thrilled for you as a, as a former teammate and classmate and uh, just so happy you're going into the Hall of Fame. February 7th out at uh, Fruit of Monument High School uh, when the Wildcat basketball teams take on Montrose. Uh, that'll be the, the night that uh, Dean and the other inductees uh, will go in. We're going to have uh, Brian Rush later in the week, state wrestling champion just like Dean, and also uh, Sonny Russell Shaver, who is a uh, state uh, track and field champion as well. So some of those folks will be on their program over the next uh, few days uh, leading up to February 7th with the induction of this year's class of the Fruit of Monument uh, Hall of Fame. Hey, Dean, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. And uh, once again, my friend, congratulations to you. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. All right, Dean Hall, former uh, Fruit of Monument Wildcats state wrestling champion. Yep, said seventh grade. Didn't want to get into all that. Seventh grade, we wrestled, practiced against each other. Right. I don't think I. I think I definitely got more out of it than Dean did. And <laughs> <laughs> tried to learn a, it. Tried to learn a thing or two and in wrestling because I never wrestled in my life. And they're like, "Hey, you want to come out and do this? Hey, and, try this." And an upper weight guy. I'm like, "Yeah, sure. What the heck? I'll I'll give it a shot." And enjoyed it it was fun it was i was glad i did it and it was a great experience and and learned a lot uh, wrestling against dean hall all right 757 and uh, coming up next hour we'll talk with connor mcgahee voice of the avalanche also mile high sports radio's cody rourke the latest on the broncos coaching search as we get into the second round of interviews for the broncos head coaching job we'll talk with him we'll also have our locker room prep pop quiz coming up next hour and that's the question you come well. up with right i've got that okay Got it taken care of. Okay. Already in the books. Very good. So we'll have that coming up next hour as well. So why about a Wednesday with Talon Wine? Get it off your chest at 970-242-1340 in the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line.